Hello friends! Welcome! So glad you're joining me today and I have a really fun story about the fantastic state of Oklahoma! So let's dive in! I'm Sharon McMahon and welcome to the Sharon Says So podcast. Okay, let me start by saying I've been to Oklahoma a number of times. The people in Oklahoma are incredibly nice. But what I want to talk about today is a man named Lynn Riggs. Do you know who Lynn Riggs is? He is the author of 21 full-length plays. One of his most famous plays was called Green Grow the Lilacs. So let me give you just a little bit about Lynn Riggs, and then we're going to tell you why you actually do know who he is. So Lynn Riggs was born in 1899 on a farm in Claremore, Oklahoma. And his father was a cowboy and his mother was part Cherokee Indian. So Riggs was very well known for being this sort of quiet, reserved, mild-mannered man who started writing after high school. He never married. He did live with a male companion. There's a lot of speculation that perhaps Riggs had a male life partner. So I already mentioned that he wrote 21 full-length plays. And eventually, his play, Green Grow the Lilacs, headed to Broadway. And Lynn Riggs is the only Native American dramatist, playwright, who was writing for the Broadway stage in the first half of the 20th century. So Green Grow the Lilacs was not a huge Broadway success. It was very well regarded by critics. They liked a lot of aspects that the play depicted, but not a huge box office success. You know exactly the type of piece that I'm talking about that happens with movies, etc. as well today. In 1942, Riggs was drafted into the army. And while he was in the army, somebody gave the script of Green Grow the Lilacs to two gentlemen. And I bet you will recognize their names, Richard Rogers and Oscar Hammerstein. And so Rogers and Hammerstein had never worked together before, but they became one of the most famous and prolific duos in Hollywood. They took this play of Green Grows the Lilacs and decided that they were going to rework it into a musical. And they were going to rework it into a musical called, I paused for you to fill in the blank, Oklahoma right? You know this show. You know Oklahoma where the wind comes sweeping down the plain and the waving wheat sure smells sweet, etc. <laughs> so Oklahoma then opened on Broadway in March of 1943, and it ushered in a new era. Oklahoma was the pioneer of the golden age of musical theater. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, Oklahoma was such a huge hit on Broadway because it really struck this sort of nostalgic chord with the audiences of the 1940s. I bet you have heard stories about how during times of war, during times of incredible unrest, movies and feel-good musicals are always incredibly popular. And that was absolutely true of Oklahoma. It was a huge hit with service members on leave who wanted to bring a date and they wanted to see Oklahoma. It became sort of the thing to see, kind of like Hamilton has become the show to see. Oklahoma was the show to see during the 1940s. And we had just come out of the Depression. We were sort of heading towards the tail end of World War II. And its central themes were so popular with audiences, you know, putting down roots, family, love, triumph over the land. All these things appealed to a country that was struggling with death and separation and war. It literally just hit all the right notes. And on the off chance that you have never seen Oklahoma, this is the general plot of the show. So it's set at the turn of the 20th century. And it's set in Oklahoma territory before Oklahoma becomes a state, and it follows the romance sort of between Lori Williams and Curly McLean and Ada Annie and Will Parker, and both cowboys set out to win over their lady loves, but they have to contend with competition from other suitors, and it really champions this sort of love and homesteading in the American frontier. So... What was the show actually depicting? What was Oklahoma like during this time frame when Lynn Riggs was writing about it, when he grew up in it, the time frame that the show is depicting? At the turn of the century, Oklahoma was still a territory and large portions of it were 
Indian Territory, and it contained lands that the government had set aside, relocating Native American tribes from especially the American Southeast, relocated them to Indian Country or Indian Territory. And that was an official congressional designation from 1890. It set aside the Oklahoma Organic Act, and it was a statute used by Congress that created organized incorporated territories in anticipation of them being admitted to the Union estates. And so also during this time, we had land runs. Do you remember learning about land runs? They very strongly affected this region of the country, which of course is still known for its agriculture, ranching, etc. And what it did was it gave European immigrants the opportunity to stake a claim for land that they were going to farm or ranch. And one of these largest land runs was in the late 1880s, and it had an estimated 50,000 people lined up at a starting line, like a physical starting line. They fired a gun, and then people literally rode off or ran off from the starting line to stake a claim for land. All told, after that 1889 land run, about 11,000 homesteads were established. So this is how Oklahoma became, in part, farming and ranching community were land runs. Over a decade later, many of these ranches and farms were very well established, and they had been clustered together in little frontier towns. They had little wooden outbuildings, one-room schoolhouses, acres of wide-open land for grazing livestock. And in 1907, Teddy Roosevelt signed the proclamation establishing Oklahoma as the 46th state. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. We've all had those embarrassing moments where maybe you've taken your shoes off and you realize like, oh no, oh no, that is not a good smell. Fortunately, Lumi whole body deodorant is making it so none of us ever have to worry about that again. Unlike certain other products, Lumi is powered by mandelic acid to control odor in a new way. It delivers outrageous 72 hour odor control everywhere one might like to use it. In fact, it was patients' concerns about odor that originally inspired the OBGYN who invented Lumi. Fast forward six years and her game-changing whole body deodorant now has over 300,000 five-star reviews. And it works without using heavy perfumes that mask odor, which I really appreciate. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, which is my favorite, and two free products of your choice, like deodorant wipes or a mini body wash. It also has 
free shipping. And as a special offer for listeners, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that's like 40% off their starter pack. So use code SHARON at lumideodorant.com. That's L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. Mother's Day is almost here. And I want to take just a quick second to appreciate not only my mom, all the moms out there, but anyone who has taken on the role of caregiver. You do everything for someone else. And now it's time to do something for yourself. And that includes starting with your skin. And I've been using our sponsor OneSkins products for a while now. And I have to tell you, I am really enjoying them. They are very easy to incorporate into my skincare routine. I am really liking the eye cream. And the secret is OneSkins proprietary OS1 peptide. It is the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. And they have several studies to back it up. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code SHARON at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code SHARON. And after your purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support this show and tell them we sent you. So that is what Lynn Riggs was born into. Again, he was born in 1899, right before Oklahoma became a state. And that Oklahoma territory of his boyhood is what he set Green Grows the Lilacs in. And that is the play that Rodgers and Hammerstein turned into the blockbuster Broadway hit, Oklahoma. So then... Oklahoma became a movie. The movie Oklahoma was released in 1955. The soundtrack to the movie Oklahoma was the very first musical to have a complete original cast album by a major label. And it really, again, was a pioneer in this trend of Broadway musicals recording original cast albums and releasing them as a soundtrack that people could buy. And other artists like Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra, covered songs from the Oklahoma soundtrack like People Will Say We're In Love. By the way, the song Oklahoma is now the official state song of the state of Oklahoma. I'm not going to pretend that I could sing it for you, but you know the song like Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. And the waving wheat can sure smell sweet when the wind comes right behind the rain. That song, that is the official state song of Oklahoma. And it was written by Rodgers and Hammerstein for the Broadway show and later the movie. The movie starred Gordon McRae and Shirley Jones. And I love Shirley Jones. She later went on to star in The Music Man and The Partridge Family. Her voice is just second to none. Rodgers and Hammerstein loved her. They loved her. They cast her in a bunch of their stuff because they loved her perfect voice. She just had an incredible voice. I would classify her voice as right up there with Julie Andrews. 
okay? That is how highly regarded Shirley Jones was as a vocalist. So when they went to make the movie of the show Oklahoma, Technicolor and widescreen formats were just coming into their heyday, and they really wanted to use that to their advantage to create these massive sweeping shots of the Oklahoma plain. And Rodgers and Hammerstein were the executive producers of the movie, and so the songwriters rarely have that much control over a show. And so they were very unique in that regard and that they had so much creative control over the entire movie process. This cemented Rodgers and Hammerstein as a literal Hollywood institution. Rodgers and Hammerstein created musical hits for over 20 years. They earned 37 Tony Awards, 15 Academy Awards, two Pulitzer Prizes, two Grammys, two Emmy Awards. I mean, talk about a decorated duo. They also, by the way, wrote South Pacific, Carousel, The King and I, in addition to the best, The Sound of Music, obviously. Hi, friends. It's Sharon. If you enjoyed a recent episode with author and public theologian Issa Macaulay, then I have the perfect podcast recommendation for you. No Small Endeavor. Produced by Great Feeling Studios and PRX, No Small Endeavor is an acclaimed podcast series that explores what it means to live a good life. Each episode, host and award-winning theologian Lee C. Camp brings you thoughtful conversations with artists, philosophers, politicians, and theologians like Hollywood legend Rob Reiner and civil rights hero Reverend James Lawson about what it means to find true happiness and flourish in our everyday life. So don't miss out. Follow No Small Endeavor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. And tell them I sent you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. So, in 1943, after the show Oklahoma had been such a smash success on Broadway, the New York Times ran a letter to the editor from a woman named Eva Paul. And she was curious about 
why the show gave no credit to Lynn Riggs. And this is what her letter said in part. It is rather amusing to notice the insouciance and naive bravado with which all the perpetrators of Oklahoma eliminate all mention of Lynn Riggs. After all, did he or did he not give them a plot to which they more or less adhered and a galaxy of characters which none of them ever approached in their other undertakings? And Hammerstein wrote back a response to the New York Times, published in the New York Times, saying, as a perpetrator of Oklahoma, I deny this. And then adding, Lynn Riggs and Green Grow the Lilacs are the very soul of Oklahoma. Okay, Miss Paul? That's what he wrote back. So while Lynn Riggs did receive Playbill credit and box office royalties, it's hard to deny that Oklahoma is a European-centric version of his play, Green Grow the Lilacs, which has indigenous characters in it, which are not in the show, Oklahoma. And a couple of other things I found really interesting about this show was that prior to Rogers and Hammerstein writing Oklahoma, most shows were vehicles to showcase performer talent. They were not necessarily there to provide the most compelling story for the audience. That was not true in the show Oklahoma. And the other thing that was new about Oklahoma in the genre of musicals was that the songs were not just catchy. They were not just love songs. The songs were used as vehicles to drive the plot forward. They enhanced the story. They created character depth. So that was something Rodgers and Hammerstein introduced to this genre, that the songs themselves were plot devices. And they helped you understand the characters better and helped you understand where the plot was heading. That was a unique thing to a 1943 audience. One of the other things that I thought was really interesting about this was people were very skeptical about whether or not Rodgers and Hammerstein were going to be a successful duo. And one of the producers of the show was Elizabeth Taylor's husband at the time. She had a number of husbands. (laughs) His name was Mike Todd. And he actually walked out of a like a pre-Broadway production meeting and told a reporter that he was certain the show was going to be a flop. Certain. And he told reporters, no legs, no jokes, no chance. Meaning there's no beautiful ladies. It's not funny. It has no chance of being a success. And he was wrong. Clearly, he definitely had to eat his words. Okay, let me give you just a couple little fun facts, and I'll tell you my Oklahoma story. One of the things that uh, proved difficult for the set decorators on the set of the movie Oklahoma was that there's this line in one of the songs that talks about corn that's as high as an elephant's eye, and filming was taking place out of season, and there were no tall cornfields around And so they had to recruit people from the University of Arizona Agricultural Department who then were 
desperately trying to grow tall corn stalks in a very short period of time. So they planted each stalk in individual containers, and eventually they were able to coax the corn stalks to grow to be 16 feet tall. And Oscar Hammerstein was like, this corn is now as high as the eye of an elephant on top of another elephant. (laughs) Like it's higher than anybody has ever seen corn before. And the woman who plays Edo Annie absolutely cannot sing in real life. Gloria Graham cannot sing in real life. And she was not trying to sing badly. That is, that is her actual singing voice. Now, when they cast the show at like a high school or whatever, like the person playing Ado Annie has to sing badly on purpose, generally speaking. No, not her. That was actually how she sang. The movie was shot in Arizona. It was not shot in Oklahoma. And that was because in 1955, when this movie was coming out, Oklahoma was so heavily farmed and developed that they could not find any areas that resembled the highly rural, underdeveloped Oklahoma of the turn of the century. So they had to move production to Arizona to get the kind of vibe that they wanted. The movie cost six million to make in 1954. And in that's roughly the equivalent of $65 million today, which is, you know, like more of a medium budget movie. But think about all of the special effects, etc, that they have to include in movies today that they certainly didn't have back then. It was a very expensive movie to make at the time. Very expensive movie. One of the other things I found really funny was that Gloria Graham, who I already mentioned, who played Edo Annie, refused to learn any of the choreography. And when you watch the movie back, now you can't unsee it. During songs where there is choreography, like there's a song where they're dancing at the box social, she'll show up, sing her line, and then leave. And she was famous for like not showing up to work, showing up late, refusing to participate, refusing to learn the choreography. In fact, she basically never worked in film again because of how difficult she was to work with on the set of Oklahoma. I could keep talking about this for hours. I think it's just a charming show. There is a lot of innuendo. If you watch it with adult eyes and you're watching it for innuendo, you could be like, Dang, that would definitely go over the head of a six-year-old, but I understand what they're saying. (laughs) All right, here's my quick little Oklahoma story. I was once traveling in Oklahoma for business, and it was a Sunday, and I was hungry for dinner. Most of the restaurants near where I was staying were closed. And so I was eating dinner alone in a Panera Bread. And the only other people in the Panera Bread The only other people there were two older cowboys sitting at a table not far from me. And they're just sitting there chatting with each other. And as I got up to leave and walk past them, I heard one of them say to the other one, she ain't from around here. (laughs) How they knew, I'll never know. But it was obvious to the cowboys in Oklahoma that I was not from around there. (laughs) Probably because I look like an Arctic librarian. Okay, 
that is it for today. I hope you loved this. It's such a fun show. And I hope you learned some new stuff and I will see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Sharon Says So podcast. I am truly grateful for you. And I'm wondering if you could do me a quick favor. Would you be willing to follow or subscribe to this podcast or maybe leave me a rating or a review? Or if you're feeling extra generous, would you share this episode on your Instagram stories or with a friend? All of those things help podcasters out so much. I cannot wait to have another mind blown moment with you next episode. Thanks again for listening to the Sharon Says So podcast.